the sea is calm and all is right when I feel your favor flood my life even in the good I'll follow you even in the good I'll follow you when the boat is tossed upon the waves when I wonder if you'll keep me safe even in the storms I'll follow you even in the storms I'll follow you and I believe everything that you say is Lord I believe and I receive your unchanging heart in the good things in the hardest part I believe and I will
I invite you to take your hymn now, a hymn book, and turn with me to hymn number 51. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever, and we'll sing through it twice. Hymn number 51. <laughs> It's great to have you here with us at Word of Life Chapel. I have a couple of announcements to share with you. If you could open your bulletin with me and, and follow along. Um, first of all, if you're a visitor this morning, we'd love to welcome you. Um, welcome to Word of Life Chapel. Uh, we are so glad to have you here. And if you could fill out that little visitor card and, and give it to myself, I have something that I would like to give you before you leave this morning. In the bulletin, it says there are two seats available to the Northern Dauphin Auction and Banquet. That is no longer the case. Um, so just so you're aware, that, that table is completely filled. Um, there'll be no prayer meeting tonight as Pastor Bob is away on vacation. Uh, youth group tonight is at 5 o'clock. There's a bus trip coming up to the Museum of the Bible. There's an insert in your bulletin. Um, and please return those forms and the money to Debbie Markle. Uh, following the service next Sunday on April 15th, there will be a VBS meeting for anyone interested in helping with VBS this year. I think it's a sports theme, right? right? I'm pretty sure it's a sports theme this year. Um, so that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, 8.30 in the morning in the basement, uh, there's a time of prayer for our nation. If you're interested, please see either Charlie or Steve and uh, can gather together to lift up um, our country to the Lord. Would you pray with me this morning? Uh, God, we are so thankful that we can gather together. Father, we can gather together freely in your name. Lord, we have so many luxuries that so many other people around the world do not have. Lord, we're able to gather without the fear of 
persecution this morning, and we are so thankful for that. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world that are not in the same circumstance. Lord, would they have to gather in secret? Lord, we ask that you would watch over them. Father, as we continue in our service this morning through songs and prayer and opening your word, we ask that you would speak to our hearts and to our souls. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Leonard's going to come lead us in the hymn, Follow On. It's not in your hymnal, so you're going to have to look up at the screen. I think it was in the old hymnal, um, but it's not in the new hymnal, so uh, come on up, Leonard. open your prayer ministry sheet with me this morning, um, I'd like to highlight a couple of things. 
And uh, I'd like to make another announcement real quick before we do that. I hope you're continuing to read in the New Testament challenge you're reading in your scripture. Maybe you've fallen behind a little bit in where you're supposed to be. Don't be discouraged. Uh, I encourage you to just catch right back up, right? Catch back up. Even if it means that you have to read for an hour, right? You catch back up. And uh, the blogs are still going. If, if that's something you're interested in as well, as a little devotional, something to encourage you in the morning, something to challenge you, uh, take a look at that as well. Uh, it's great to have Reed with us again. Man, I tell you what, Reed, you, you got here so fast. I think it's great to have you with us. Are there any other things that are not on the sheet that you would like to mention this morning? Yes, Melissa. Carol Klinger. Carol Klinger. Anything else? Yes. I, I do. Where is Dean? Is he? Is he? Do you want to share, Susan, what? what s similar? I... And it's pretty, pretty bad. If you couldn't hear, Dean, Dean fractured his finger, an open fracture, uh, pretty, pretty nasty, and he uh, definitely needs some prayers for that recovery. Is, um, I, I think it limits him from being able to do the things that he wants to do, needs to do, and uh, so we can definitely keep Dean, Dean in our prayers as well. Um, Janelle Seeger had fallen and broken her arm, um, so we can keep the Seeger family in prayer as well. Is there anything else this morning? Anything else? Yes. Jim Berger. Jim Berger. Ted, did you have your hand up? John Hane, John Hane, H-A-N-E. Anything else this morning? Else this morning, 
you know, you think of all the people we have in this room this morning, maybe, maybe on 170 of us sitting in here of, of believers gathered together. And the Bible says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Um, and so let's, let's go to the Lord on behalf of, of these people this morning and, and others that might be in your heart that maybe you didn't share. Would you pray with me? God, we are so thankful that we can come before an almighty God and share the things that burden our hearts. God, we want to thank you for how good you are. Lord, we just came through Easter and the resurrection, and, and Lord, what a time to celebrate and to praise you. And, and Lord, we praise you even when things aren't good, even when things aren't going the way that we hope they'll go or expect that they'll go. Lord, we still praise you. And, and as the songs we've sung, we still follow you because we know that you're a good God. Lord, we're so thankful for the building that we're able to gather in this morning for our brothers and sisters that are sitting on our right and on our left. God, we're a family. We are so thankful for that. Lord, there were so many different names that were mentioned of things that are weighing heavy on the hearts of the saints here this morning. And God, I ask that you would hear those calls, those cries. Father, that you would hear the, the petitions from our hearts. Lord, we pray for healing where healing is asked for. Father, for a softening of a heart where the gospel is needed to be heard. Lord, we know that in all things, you are sovereign. And we thank you for that, that we're able to rest in knowing that, that even when things don't turn out the way that we're praying for and we're hoping for, you're still good, you're still in control, and we have to trust that. Lord, we want to give you thanks this morning for the love that goes beyond our comprehension. Lord, we are thankful for the different requests that were mentioned this morning so that we are also able to, as, as believers, to come before you on behalf of these other people. Father, we pray that where the peace that passes all understanding is needed, that you would give that peace. Lord, we ask that you would remove distractions this morning, that we're able to continue to glorify and honor you in everything that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us? We continue to worship the Lord, singing alive in you.
Jesus Christ so lost I should have died but you have brought me to your side to be led by your staff and rod and to be called the
You give us the courage, Father, through your power to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. figure out how to work this thing. There we go. There we go. All right. Am I working? Coming through for you in the back? All right. Well, we are so glad that you're here this morning, and thank you for coming to worship with us here at Word of Life Chapel. Um, do, do you remember <clears throat> back in elementary school or Awana, and the game Follow the Leader. Remember that game? Follow the Leader? You know, where the kid in the front picks his nose and everybody else picks their nose. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's gross. But it might be true. <laughs> um, but no, but maybe the kid in the front's walking and everybody else walks. Or jogging and everybody else jogs. Or hopping and everybody else hops. Or skipping and everybody else skips. You follow the leader. I, I recently read a story. Supposedly, it's a true story. So, um, but it was of a missionary, a new missionary, who had went to Venezuela. Now, this guy did not speak Spanish, right? So you're going to go to a country that speaks Spanish. You don't speak Spanish. That's not outside the normal. A lot of times, you'll learn the language when you go to the country. So this guy gets to Venezuela, and he decides that he wants to go to a local church. Man, that's important. I, I need to go to a local church. So he shows up one Sunday, but he gets there a little bit late, and the only open spot is like this pew or this pew. And listen, we're packed this morning, and you know the open pews are this pew and this pew. <laughs> right? So he comes in the front, and he sits down in the pew, and he thinks, I do not speak Spanish. What am I going to do? I'm going to look stupid. I, I need to, I, I'm going to follow. And he looks at the guy next to him, and he says, I'm going to follow this guy. He looks like he knows what he's doing. So the service starts, and he, you know, I'm going to follow everything this guy does. And so the music starts, and the guy starts to clap with the songs. And so the missionary claps with the songs. The guy stands up and keeps clapping. The missionary stands up and keeps clapping. They got to the Lord's Supper and communion, and uh, the, there was the, the bread and the cup. And, and when this guy drank the cup and ate the bread, so did the missionary, copying. He didn't want to stand out. He didn't want to look different. The pastor begins to preach. It was all in Spanish. The missionary didn't understand a word. Followed the guy next to him. It seemed like the service was almost over. And the pastor is almost making announcements. And all of a sudden, the guy next to him stands up. And so this missionary stands up. And the whole congregation goes, <gasps> And then they sit down. 
The pastor comes up to him after the service, and he says, hey, you don't speak Spanish, do you? <laughs> He's like, um, is it that obvious? And he said, yeah. I had just congratulated the Acosta family on their new baby, and I asked if the proud father would please stand. <laughs> and the missionary's eyes about popped out of his head. <laughs> I heard another story about a blonde lady. I apologize <laughs> to all of you that this is outside of your control. And I'm not talking about you this morning. But this blonde lady was stuck in a snowstorm. And she remembered that her dad told her the most important thing when you're stuck in a snowstorm is to follow a plow truck. Stuck in a snowstorm, you follow a plow truck. So she's waiting in her car, waiting in her car, waiting in her car, and finally a plow truck comes and pops it in the drive, room, follows behind the plow truck. Ten minutes later, the plow truck driver slams on his brakes, gets out and says, lady, you've been following me for ten minutes. What's going on? And she said, my dad said that when there's a snowstorm, I need to follow a plow truck. And he said, well, listen, I'm almost done with the Walmart parking lot. I'm going to Best Buy next. <laughs> I'm going to Best Buy next. So if you want to follow me over there, you can do that. But I had to say that a lot of times so I wouldn't laugh while I was saying it. You know, in, in our culture, we are so leadership-centered. Leadership-centered. And I, and I want you to understand this this morning. Um, I, I am not bashing leadership through this series. I, I want you to understand that. I'm not bashing leadership. I... I uh, I think that sometimes, though, we get so focused on being a leader, we, f we can forget who we're supposed to follow, right? Sometimes we're so focused on pursuing that leadership that we want to be and, and that we feel called to that we forget that we're actually supposed to be following someone. I believe wholeheartedly that we need Christians that are CEOs of companies and that own their own businesses and that are teachers in school and that are leaders in our community and political leaders. I believe that wholeheartedly, so I don't want you to take this this morning as me telling you, don't be a leader. What I'm actually trying to say is, don't forget who you're supposed to follow. The plan is for the next two weeks to look at some of the follow me statements um, that Jesus makes. You know, those two words are so powerful. Follow me. We've watered them down a little bit today. Uh, you know, Jesus said, follow me to the disciples, and, and good for them. What did that really mean? When he told these guys, follow me, what were the implications in their lives? What are the implications in our lives? And what does that look like? I hope we're able to dive into a deeper understanding of what it means to really follow Christ. You know, I'd like to start out this morning by, by making a statement. I, I believe that we are all following someone or something. We're all following someone or something. Even the most powerful person in the world is following someone or something. Some of you this morning, uh, some people, they'll follow sports, right? Some people follow their significant other, their husband, their wife, their boyfriend or girlfriend. Some people will follow food. Some people will follow lustful desires. Some people follow family. Some people follow money. Some people follow comfort and health and the pursuit of happiness, the American dream, a religious leader, a pastor, a celebrity, a tradition, a political party. 
What are you following? Who are you following? I hope that over the next two weeks you're able to process that question. Who am I following? Let's pray together. Lord, we ask that you would just help us to understand what we are reading from your word, Lord, that you would open our hearts to hear your truth, and that may be from you alone and not my words. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you open with me this morning to Matthew chapter 4? Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start there, and then we're going to go all the way back into Exodus and then back to Matthew. Matthew 4, verse 18. Here's what it says. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. The first thing's first. And I think this is a really important thing for us to realize as we dive into this. Sometimes we'll say, and you might hear from other people, and you might believe this yourself, God can't use me. God can't use me. I'm too broken. I'm too much of a sinner. I'm too lost. God can't use me. Do you know what happened in my past? I, I think it's important that we understand something this morning, that God can use you. And maybe you're going through a season in your life where you don't feel like that right now. Maybe you're discouraged, you're depressed, you're anxious, you're coming through a place of guilt and you just don't feel like God can use you. Or maybe you feel like you're not good at anything and how are you supposed to plug in and how is God supposed to use you and when your strengths don't fit with what you think is needed. And You know, God doesn't... God doesn't care where you've come from. And while he cares about you and your story, your past, the past is the past. And we see that throughout Scripture, the past is the past. The saving blood of Jesus Christ washes you of all of your sins if you commit your life to him. You know, God in the Bible used everything from kings to fishermen, right, to prostitutes, to tax collectors. And I could go on and on and on of the different people in the Bible and their strengths and their weaknesses and how God used them even in spite of their weaknesses. And I thought it was important this morning to go and look at one person in particular because we don't have tons of time. But, but do you know the story of Moses, right, Moses? Maybe you're not from church. Maybe you don't remember the story. I'm going to sum it up real quick because we don't have time to read through the beginning of Exodus. But, but, he, but here, here's what happens. Pharaoh decides that the Israelites are too great, right? Israel's enslaved to Egypt. And Pharaoh looks at him and says, ah, there's too many Israelites here. They could revolt up against us. So I'm going to kill all the baby boys. So he gives the order. Kill all the baby boys. Moses was born. His mom hit him. 
Eventually, he got too much for her to hide, and she put him in a little basket and put him in the river where he was found by a princess, the Egyptian princess, who took Moses and raised him as her own. Moses continued to grow up, and eventually he, he, he saw the way the Egyptians were treating the Israelites, and one day he saw an Egyptian beating an Israelite slave, and he killed that Egyptian. And he ran. He ran away. Okay. That's some baggage. Right? That's some baggage. And he goes away, and one day while he's taking care of his father-in-law's flock, he sees this bush. It's burning, but it's not burning, right? It's burning. It's supernatural. It's burning, but it's not burning. It's, it's on fire, but it's, it's not burning up. And the Lord speaks to Moses. Woo! Can you imagine what it must have been like to be there? Moses had to take off his shoes. I think my shoes would have just fallen off. I would have been so afraid. And God tells Moses, I want you to go back to Pharaoh, back to Egypt. So God's telling Moses, and we find out that Moses has a speech problem. So God, you want me to go and speak to Pharaoh? I have a speech problem. Why don't you pick someone else that's a salesperson or good with words or that's their strength? Why do you want me to go? Exodus 4, here's what he says. Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. God, you're calling me to follow you, and you have something that's planned for me. But in case you forgot, Lord, <laughs> in case you forgot, let me remind you, <laughs> because I'm, I'm human and make mistakes and small compared to you. Let me remind you. I have a speech problem, <laughs> just in case you forgot. I have a speech problem. And here's what God says to Moses, and I love this, and I think this is a great way to kick off this series. Here's what he says. The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. What are you worried about? Moses? He's not guaranteeing him everything's going to be easy, but he says, listen, I am the Lord. Similar thing was said to Job. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? So this morning, as we dig into the call to follow me, I, I pray that you do not allow your own... Um, fears to get in the way of what God is calling you to do, right? When God leads you to step out in faith into something that you will follow him in faith, that you will trust that what God has for you is what he has for you, and knowing that God is good, trusting that. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because that doesn't mean your circumstances are going to be easy. The call to follow Jesus, I have two points this morning, is a call outside of our comfort zone. It's a call to put Christ before anything else. Look what happens in verse 19 and 20. We're back to Matthew. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. So these guys were fishermen. They were fishermen. This was their job. 
Jesus called them to follow him, to serve him, and leave what they knew behind. He was going to turn men that were fishing for fish into men that were fishing for people. But the call that these guys receive is a little bit different than I think the call that we hope to receive in our lives. Why is that? Jesus said, follow me, and they had to drop everything and follow him. See, we, we often hope that the call to follow Christ is going to be a call within our comfort zone. God, I will follow you, you know, till about 11.30, and then I have to go to lunch. Lord, I am totally willing to do your will, but, but can it please be between 9 o'clock on Sunday morning and 11.30? Please don't provide any conviction in the evening. <laughs> I'm too busy watching TV. It's a call outside of our comfort zone. You know, I, God called these, Jesus called these men, and he said, listen, follow me, and, and they trusted him. You know, we often will say to, to each other, you know, I didn't get this job, but that's because God has something better for me. This didn't work out, but that's because God has something better. And, and, and I think that within the realm of God's goodness and sovereignty, he does. But sometimes our definition of better and God's are a little bit different. Because we only see what we see right in front of us, and God sees the whole picture. These men were called to live a life of comfort. Not that they were rich or comfortable, but within the realm of what they did, that was their comfort zone. And they left their comfort zone to follow Jesus. And if you think their life all of a sudden turned out great, they endured a lot of persecution. I mean, do you know how these four men died? Peter was crucified upside down. Follow me, Peter. Follow me. Andrew was crucified, according to history, on an X-shaped cross in Greece. John died of old age in prison. James, the son of Zebedee, it's believed that he was beheaded. And I'm not trying to, to discourage you from following Christ. That's not it at all. That's not it at all. And you're going to see in a minute. I'm going to come back around. But I want you to understand that the call to follow, the call of follow me is not, as some people preach, a call of comfort. It doesn't mean you're going to be rich or that if you have cancer, all of a sudden it's going to go away. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, Jesus says in John 16, 33, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We're guaranteed tribulation. You will have tribulation, but he will always be with you. You know, I think the follow me call has been lost in our American society today. We have been blessed beyond belief to live in a country like we live in. For the most part, we don't have fears of people coming in and breaking down our doors. We have a small group that meets at our house. We have a church Facebook page where we post all the things that are going on and now a church Instagram. So if you have Instagram, you should follow. You share Bible verses on your Facebook page. 
Maybe you read your Bible at break during lunch and you have the Bible app on your phone and there's other countries in the world that having a Bible could mean a death sentence. We've been so blessed in this country. But I think it's also allowed us to take that follow me statement and turn it into a lackadaisical believer. I'll follow you. Mm. I'll follow you, but during a certain time. Or as long as it doesn't require me to do this. And it's a dangerous place to be, guys. It's a dangerous place to be. The call to follow Jesus is a call to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and to trust Jesus. It's a call to trust Jesus. Here's what the Bible says in verses 21 and 22. And going on from there, he saw two, older, two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father. Mending their nets, he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. James and John not only left their livelihood and their profession, they left their father to follow Christ. They left their father to follow Christ. Again, it's, it's different than, than we want to be called. <laughs> You're calling me to leave my family? Listen, Lord, I, I'm going to volunteer, but you've got to fit it in my schedule. Lord, I will serve you in ministry, but you got to put me close to my family. God, I will be a missionary. I, I want to be a missionary. As long as it's Hawaii, I am a missionary. Af Africa's a little different. Africa's a little different. But Hawaii? Lord, I know you're convicting me to put more money and give more money to you. And I will totally do that after you give me a raise within the realm of our comfort zone. But this call of follow me is to step outside of your comfort zone and trust that Jesus is who he says he is and put him above all other earthly ties. All other, you know, I think of, as I was reading through this and studying this, my mom came to mind. All right, and let me explain why I say this. My mom grew up knowing that she was going to be a missionary. She knew that, she had a calling. Jesus said, follow me. My mom grew up as a pastor's kid, and uh, her family was extremely close, very, very close. I, I remember we, we would get together on Christmas Eve. We had Christmas Eve meals, right? We would do fondue, and, and we would pray together, and everybody would pray, and we'd sing all these carols. It was, it was to glorify the Lord and, and spend time together as family. It was really special, great memory. One time we were doing fondue. I, I don't remember how old I was, like 12 maybe, 18, no, 12. <laughs> and I had a fondue stick and a piece of meat. And I was trying to put it on, and the fondue stick slipped right into my hand. And I was like, oh, no. To this day, every time we have fondue, people remind me of that. I think I still have scars in my hands from that. But, but, but we had a, it was a close, close family. And the Lord said to her, he said, you're going. You're going to be a missionary. Follow me, Joanna. But in order to be a missionary, she was going to have to give up watching her nieces and nephews grow up. She was going to have to give up seeing her parents on a regular basis. You know, this was back in the days of dial-up and when you had um, echoes on the phone when you call overseas. Some of you might be familiar with that. You'd be like, hello, 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 hello. And then the person would respond, hello, and you didn't know if it was an echo or the person talking to you. 
But it was a sacrifice. And we're going to talk about sacrifice next week because that's another point of follow me. And the Lord called her and he said, listen, this is where you're going. This is what I have for you. But in order to do that, in order to be a missionary overseas, you're going to have to give up this. And you're going to give up this. And you're going to give up this. That's just part of it. I still remember being in my grandpa and grandma's home. He was a pastor, lived in a church parsonage. I remember being down on the first floor of the house and saying goodbye, hugging. I can remember tears. I can vividly remember that, how hard it was to say goodbye to family, knowing that you wouldn't see them for four years. There was no such thing as Facebook Messenger, right? Or um, FaceTime on your iPhone. That, that didn't exist. That wasn't, even if it did, it's not the same. And those of you who have family that live far away, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what else they gave up in being missionaries? Seeing their grandchild grow up. And that was, that was tough for me. Because I'd love for my son to be able to learn from my parents. But God called her, and she knew it was from the Lord. And when you know it's from the Lord, you can't say no, guys. You can't say no. You can't say no. And I tell you what. God has used her in ways beyond my explanation. Any ways I can tell you this morning as a missionary in Bolivia. And that's because she was willing to follow Jesus, to follow the call. And this morning, I believe wholeheartedly that some of you are feeling called to certain things. And I can't tell you what it is. I'm not going to pretend like I know. But I know that sometimes as humans, God calls us to something and we say, <laughs> no way. Or we try and ignore it. Maybe you're called to the mission field. And you put it in the back of your mind hoping you never see it. Maybe you're called to ministry. Maybe you're called to a volunteer in a certain organization or here in the church. We're going to do something a little bit different this morning. Sarah and Janelle are going to come up and they're going to play. Uh, they're on for special music this weekend, so I thought we'd put them on the spot. And uh, they're going to come up and they're going to play the song I Surrender All, an arrangement they have of it. And what I'd like you to do is during the duration of them playing their song, to come before God and say, who am I following? What am I following? And if it's not following Christ, Lord, get my, help me to get my priorities back in order.
of the disciples had a choice to make in following Christ. Were they willing to step outside of their comfort zone and trust that Jesus is who he says he is and allow Jesus to become more important than any other earthly ties that they had in their lives? They had a decision at that moment when Jesus said, follow me. They had the chance to follow God into what God had in store for them. I mean, and imagine if they would have said no. Right? We'd have no idea who any of these guys are. Peter who? Andrew who? What is God calling you to today? What is God calling you to? And what does that mean? How, how are you going to step outside of your comfort zone? Maybe it requires you to stop following whatever else you're following. I can't answer that question for you because I don't know what's going on. But you do. And God does. Let's follow Jesus together. Through the good, through the bad. Let's follow Jesus together. Would you pray with me? God, we are so thankful for your love for us. God, you are a good God. And our prayer, Lord, is that you would draw us to follow you. It's not easy answering that call. The call to serve you Father, because it means that we oftentimes have to give up something else. Lord, let each and every one of us this morning hear that call to follow you, Lord. May we make that our priority in life and serving you. Father, we don't want to just have fire insurance. We want to live out our salvation. Father, that others may know that we are your disciples. That we are following you. No matter what life has in store. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing, I will follow to close. When the sea is calm and all is right, when I feel your favor flood my life, even in the good, I'll follow you. Even in the good, I'll follow you. When the sea is calm and all is right, when I feel your favor flood my life, even in the good, I'll follow you. Even in the good, I'll follow you. When the boat is tossed upon the waves, when I wonder if you'll keep me safe, even in the storms, I'll follow you. 
outside of our comfort zones. Lord, that you would give us the courage and the strength to trust that you are who you say you are. To, Lord, to put you above any earthly things. And, Lord, as we go out this week into a world that is lost, Lord, we ask that you would help us to love the way that Jesus loved. Lord, may we be known as being your followers, not for our glory, but for yours. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>